and we are live hello everyone and welcome to the soul survivor podcast me and ryan back to recap episode nine of survivor season 44 happy to be here ryan what is going on with you Dylan, I'm doing great. Uh, we're here, obviously, because we chose to compete. We chose to podcast. We're not ones who uh, are going to sit out, even if we get more food. But now, happy to be here too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, we get we. I, I can't wait to get into the whole rice thing, but I, I have I have my thoughts. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, look, another episode. Um, Kane goes home at you know final ten here. Um, or final nine, I should say. He goes home with final nine, 10 votes. So we could talk about that. It was a 5-3-1-1 vote with Carolyn, Carson, Danny, Heidi, and Jam Jam voting for Kane. Uh, three votes on Heidi, which were Jamie twice because she was given the extra vote yep. from Lauren. And Lauren also voted for Heidi. And then we had one vote on Jamie from Franny and one vote for Danny from Kane. What are your thoughts on everything that went down here? Was it the right move to vote out Kane? Yeah, so obviously love a good um, complex vote. I would say it's close to plurality. It's not technically since it was five out of nine, but close enough where we have votes going in different directions. We always love to see it. Um, no, I thought it was a good move from the Tikas. You know, the Tikas are still riding the middle, although granted their spot is becoming a bit exposed now. I think it's the right move for them to still stick with Soka and vote against Ratu because of the extra ammunition Ratu had with Lauren's extra vote. And granted, Jamie's idol was fake, but they didn't know that. They thought it was real. Um, and also because I think, you know, when you do the pendulum strategy and you are in the middle going back and forth, to immediately flip right back, especially in a war like this, can really set yourselves up for, you know, both sides to just vote out the middle. So I think they were, I think the Tikas rather, Carolyn Carson Jam, I think they were wise to stick with Sokas and get rid of Ratu because I feel like now next week they hopefully should still be in a good spot where Ratu's going to want to maybe take a shot at Danny or Heidi now. So I think it was the right move for Tika's. Um, obviously, it's a big blow to Lauren and Jamie losing their ally, Kane. The extra vote didn't matter and the idol, which was fake. But yeah, that's what I think about it. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, I think it was the right move. Um for i think it was the right move for tika right you you get you get kane out of the game who i think everyone kind of perceived as a big threat even though we maybe didn't get to see it um it seems like i saw a lot of people pointing out on twitter that it looked like he was kind of in with like a lot of different people had pretty good relationships with everyone like his his social game may have been better than we may have been exposed to um so i think everyone kind of feared that it was a good move from soka to get the ratsu down to two now but Clearly, we're being foreshadowed that uh, Soka is very well aware, uh, or at least Franny is now very well aware, that Tika is playing the middle, and the Tika 3 are becoming a big threat. Um, obviously, we've known they're a big threat basically since the merge or even before that, but now the rest of the cast seems to be figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So, to me, if we look forward here to episode 10, I'm thinking that we're going to get, you know, I'm thinking that Jamie and Lauren are probably safe for at least a vote or two um, here. And I think we're going to get all the attention toward uh, turn towards to towards, uh, you know, whether or not Ratu, you know, wants to go with Soka. You know, we see in the preview that maybe they may, may end up teaming up a little bit here. I think we're going to see kind of 
Ratu go to the middle now because they're down in the numbers and it's like a 3-3-2. So I think we're going to see Ratu be the two swing votes and decide whether they want to take a shot at a Tika member or a Soka member. Um, based on the dominance we've seen from Tika, I'm going to guess that they end up taking a shot at a Soka member, but I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like that was the big thing of the episode as well, other than where is Tika going to swing? Um it was really that conversation between Franny and Danny where they, Franny says, you know, I know we're in a war with Ratu. They took out Matt. We took out Brandon. We're going to go for Kane tonight, but are we ignoring Tika? You know, Carolyn Carson and Jam Jam are clearly in the middle. They, you know, they don't seem to be that threatening, but they are in a very powerful spot. And if they take, if we get Kane out tonight, what stops? I mean, she didn't say this, but I'm kind of extrapolating. Like what's, stops them from next vote going over to um, to Lauren and Jamie saying, now we have five. Let's take out Franny, Danny, and Heidi. Because even if they split their votes, then three and two, then the former Sokas can't stop them at that point. So Franny's thinking that way. Now Danny is kind of um, taking the stance of, well, come on, they have an extra vote. They're much more threatening with Kane. I'm not scared of Carolyn. I'm not scared of Jam Jam, but... I think Franny's right. I think Franny was right to be scared of the middle. I mean, Rob Sesternino famously, you know, coined or implemented the strategy back in the Amazon about um, taking out the swing vote in some cases. So I definitely feel like Franny's vision here is going to prove out to be correct. And I think next week, I would not be surprised if once again, Franny wants to take a shot at Tika. But I also don't, I I can't blame Danny because technically Franny knows something he doesn't. She knows They've had conversations about taking Danny out before the whole um, split, uh, the whole before the whole Matt vote, where it was like you know split the group into two. So she has more information than him. She knows like they're in the middle. They wanted to take a shot at you, Danny. Danny doesn't really know that, so she's operating with more info. But I think Franny's going to end up being correct here. Yeah. So how do I describe this? I would say it was the right move to get rid of Kane because. You flush what was a perceived idol, which gets played out, which gets voted out of the game because uh, the whole knowledge with power fear, which, by the way, I texted my I texted my brother immediately when I was watching this. I said, get out of here with these people fearing knowledge is power like this is survivor's fault. Stop putting knowledge power into the game and you will get people who are actually not afraid to give away their advantages because I don't want in the future everybody to start fearing knowledge is power and start throwing advantages in different directions, which uh, that's a whole nother, we could have a whole podcast episode on that. So I'm not going to get too much into it, but bottom line is you flush what was a perceived idol and you force Ratu to use the extra vote. If you were to vote out a Tika member here, right. And do kind of what Franny wanted to do. Then I think the issue is that Lauren can literally turn around next vote and use the extra vote, and then it's a, what is it? It's, they're going to end up having, you know, enough votes to get out one of the Soka. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think that they had to, they had to whittle down Ratu to two, and they need to get the advantages out of the game, or the one advantage, I should say, the one real advantage. They need to get that extra vote out of the game. Um, and now they could potentially turn their attention to Tika. Um, I'm wondering here, Ryan, who do you think if this ends up being a real plan, and Tika ends up, you know, being a target here. Who from Tika do you think is the most vulnerable? Well, I've said before on the podcast that once someone's name comes up, it's very easy for it to come up again. It's, it's just how it is on the island where if a name is circulated, 
that's a name that keeps perpetuating. And I feel like the answer would be Jam Jam because Carson's name has not been written down once. And I don't think people, as we saw again tonight, people just aren't, tonight, a few nights ago, people aren't taking Carolyn super seriously. Uh, Granted, I feel like eventually people might catch on to that she's kind of hamming up, you know, what she's doing and she's way more aware than people think. But I do feel like Jam, his name came up the last few times. And like he said tonight, mafia boss style, like Jay says, you throw my name out there, you brought my name down, you're going to go home. Josh did it, Matt did it, Brandon did it, and now Kane did it. And they, they all went out four in a row. So Lauren could go home next week because she wrote down Jam's name once. Um, you know, it also could be a situation where Franny might get her get targeted here. But I think Jam Jam's the most likely person if if um, Tika gets targeted. Uh, Carson, ironically, I think Carson, like we said, is in the best position. So it should be Carson if they want to take a big blow to Tika because Carson's also a big piece of glue between Carolyn and Jam Jam as well. But I feel like people just aren't still seeing him yet as a threat. His name hasn't come up once. So I feel like the answer to, to answer your question, Dylan, it, I think it will be Jam if they target Tika, but it should be Carson. I, I think I agree with that. Well, I, I don't know if I agree that it should be Carson. I I, I, I I see both sides of getting rid of Carson or Jam Jam. I honestly think either one is fine. I think that because we haven't heard Carson's name come up, I'm going to assume that Jam Jam is the more obvious vote. And we heard Jam Jam's name come up you know, this week as potential mm-hmm. vote out. Um, I, I'm at the point with Carolyn where, and again, we mentioned that we may get to this point. I think I would be very surprised. I would be shocked if she doesn't get to the final three at this point. Like you're, you're, we're thinking to ourselves, you know, we're at the final eight, right? Still, everybody seems to like her. We got confessionals from several different people saying, I love being around her, you know, and nobody seems to think that she's any threatening at all, you know, any, any kind of threat. Um, She goes out first in pretty much every single immunity challenge. So that there's a reason that maybe, you know, maybe it is okay to, you know, leave her in as long as all the way till, till the final five. And there's no issue, even if they plan on eventually getting rid of her, like there's no rush to do it. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't see anyone kind of realizing, uh, you know, that maybe Carolyn does have the story. Maybe Carolyn has been playing the whole time. We're not seeing that. And she has an idol. Like I, I, I feel like fairly, like very confident she gets to the final three. Um, plus if, if, you know, if you're out there playing the game, you got to put yourself in their shoes, right? Um, you know, they're not seeing a lot of the things that Carolyn's doing. Nobody even knows Carolyn has the idol. Like I don't, people don't see these things right now that we see. So, you know, if I'm out there and, you know, Danny is already had a great idol play, he's clearly a bigger threat to go home. Uh, you already know that Lauren had the extra vote. So in, in your mind, you're probably saying to yourself, all right, well, Lauren could be pretty threatening. Maybe she has another advantage. Um, then you're thinking, well, Jamie had an idol. She could be finding idols. Like I, you're just, you're just not mentally going to Carolyn Heidi, right. uh, who knows if people will eventually find out if she has an idol. So I think mentally, if you're out there, you're just not, you're not thinking about Carolyn. You're not. Um, and, and that's just, that's just the reality right now. And I, I would be surprised if she does not make it to the final three. So mm-hmm. back to, you know, our original debate and conversation here. Yeah. If a ticket were, were to be targeted, I do not think it would be Carolyn. I think it would be jam jam with Carson second, Carolyn third. And as an aside uh, for anybody that follows the secret scenes, and if people don't know what those secret scenes are, Obviously, they don't have time to show every single clip in the hour show. So they sometimes throw an extra minute or two on YouTube of secret scenes that didn't make it into the episode. And 
Dylan, half the time I critique them because I feel like half the secret scenes should be in the episodes, but I digress. This is why we need 90-minute episodes. Um, there's a scene, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, you got to go watch it, where Carolyn leaves her shorts too close to the fire and she burns her shorts. And I feel like that just adds to this narrative that no one's taking her seriously. They see Carolyn as kind of a wacky, eccentric character, even though she's way more than that. The only way Dylan I see her getting voted out before the final three, like we were just saying, is if there's some type of like unforced error. Like if the game continues as it does, I don't know why people would target Carolyn. They're going to target the former Soka as a threat or Carson or Jam Jam. I just feel like, or even Lauren from the extra vote situation, I don't see why somebody would target Carolyn here. The only reason I could see it happening is if there's an unforced error. And what I mean by that is like, Carolyn, Jam Jam get into another fight. Jam Jam's like, you know what? I'm sick of fighting with Carolyn. She doesn't want to listen to me. I, I'm correct. I want to take a shot at Carolyn now. Or, you know, Carolyn and Jam Jam vote opposite again. And then Carson has to like pick a side between Carolyn and Jam Jam. That's the only way I see this happening if Tika starts to like squabble and kind of compress on each other. Other than that, and that like if they just stay the course, they'll be fine. But other than that, I don't see how she's still not set up pretty well. Yeah, yeah, she seems to be set up great. Um, and again, we, you know, speaking of Carolyn, like we got really her backstory in this episode, and that that was a really that was a cool moment. I thought, um, you know, it was not only like I thought it just you know we kind of all knew like her story, um, just from like reading the the pregame press and stuff. We this was like the most we kind of saw of it. So like that moment uh, at camp was was great, and I I thought that like the five minutes were like she you know. It, we, were, we were seeing why she's underestimated like her her full story how everyone likes being around her. i thought that was an awesome moment and i know a lot of other people really like that moment as well can i just say can i say, can I say two things about that number one yeah. great moment uh obviously i love that they had the day off if people don't right. know um just in terms of how fast this game is going i think josh got voted out on day 14 um mac voted out on like day 15 and brandon 16 so they had three votes three days in a row and they finally had an off day before i think day 17 or 18 whenever um um kane went home but the point though is that i love that we had a day off they got to talk we got to learn more about these individuals see them bond at camp maybe form social connections i think that's really great for the show and i think the carolyn moment was really great obviously could be a great you know winner showcase for her it's a really great story she's really um yeah thank you josh 13 so it's 13 14 15 instead um but it was great dylan what blew my mind though other than it being a great story for carolyn and she's an amazing character i cannot believe after the whole matthew incident they let them climb up on a rock now granted it wasn't the same rock it was a lot more flat it wasn't as like steep I, for the life of me, Dylan, can you tell me why they would allow this? Like, I know Jeff and some other survivors are like, it's an adventure. I'm not going to stop them from going out there. They're going to live their show. It's fine. But it's almost like, you know, like sports or even like a law. Like once something happens, you have to kind of react to that like a precedent. Like if someone gets a medevaced because they climbed up a rock, why are they letting them climb up a rock again? You, Dylan, you do realize if Carolyn or Jam Jam fell off the rock and got medevaced, everybody would stop watching. Yeah. yeah i i i'm surprised at that also i i saw so many people i what do you once you said that i knew exactly what you're gonna say yeah there are so many people talking about it <laughs> that that was pretty funny that they 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 purposely like added that one second of them on the rock in there i was like oh no 
Um, but yeah, yeah. That, that is if Carolyn cool. gets meta, if either of them get meta backed, like half the audience is going to stop watching. Crazy. I will see if they make adjustments. We'll, we'll see if we uh, in season 45, if we see anybody climbing up rocks, if they, if they decide to make the adjustment or not. Yeah. Um, all right. One thing that I, I kind of, I mentioned briefly, but we didn't completely get into yet. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad saying this because I don't want to like, you know, make it seem like, uh, you know, that I like don't like Heidi or anything, but we got like the most like interesting idol search ever. And then Heidi, <laughs> Heidi finds it out of like everybody there. You're like, Oh, is Danny going to find it? Uh, is, uh, whoever else was looking for it is Carolyn. Gonna... I thought, so I thought that out of nowhere, if it was going to be like a random person finding it, cause we didn't see like Carolyn at all in that scene. I thought we were going to get like a Carolyn moment where she just like falls down somewhere and like, Oh, she just like stumbles on the idol. Like, and like finds it out of nowhere. <laughs> the fact that the fact that Heidi found it, um, I think, and again, I could potentially blame Survivor editing for this, but I think a lot, a lot of people, you know, we've seen less, not a lot of Heidi this this season. We, you would agree with that, right? We've seen, you know, the fact that she, we've seen that she's in a good spot. We haven't seen a ton of confessionals. So for me, her finding the idol was like, uh, like I, I wanted like Danny to find it. I wanted uh, Franny to find it. I wanted somebody that we had seen a lot to find the idol because it would add for the story. And then Heidi found it. And I was like, hmm. But anyway, that all that being said, more survivor's fault for not showcasing her more. That being said, really good job on her to find the idol. I would think she's in a good spot, but also she seems to be a huge target. So I'm like, you know, she gets votes here. She seems to be really close to Danny. And like, if Danny's a big target, then she could be a big target. So look, I don't really know what to think of Heidi, honestly, but I will give her props for finding the idol when it when, when the edit certainly made it seem like she was not going to find it. So I think it's an interesting case with Heidi. I feel like Heidi, like we were saying, um, is obviously somebody who knows the game. I think she has more to offer than what the show has showed. I do feel bad that she hasn't got much of an edit pre-merge because Soka kept winning. She was pretty quiet in the edit. Although I do think since the merge, ever since she got the... Um, the control vote and then now that she's gotten an idol she's gotten more airtime and i do think we're going to see heidi more as a character and i do think she has more to offer um in terms of like what her character arc has been like it almost feels like heidi is always in a spot where she has potential to make an impact on the game and it comes down to whether she makes uh the right decision or whether uh she makes a decision and it doesn't end up benefiting her and her allies so an example would be in the pre-merge, we only saw her really at the Claire vote when Claire was like, Heidi, Matt and Franny will save me if you just vote with them. And, he and Heidi was like, I want to save you, but I'm loyal to Danny. Danny wants you gone. I got to see what I want to do. She takes out Claire. And obviously she was in a great spot at Soka with Danny. Then we see last week or two weeks ago with the controller vote, she has an opportunity to hopefully save Matt. Matt was kind of, kind of screwed anyway, but she had that, that kind of maneuverability there. And I feel like once again, now in this three, three, two split that we're at final eight with an idol that she hasn't told anybody about yet. This, we could see this happening next week, Dylan. We could see a situation where, like you just said, people may want to target Heidi because she's an ally of Danny and she could save herself with the idol if Danny's immune. Let's just say for sake of argument, Danny is vulnerable next week and she has an idol and she could save Danny like Danny saved Franny, but Heidi maybe plays an individual game and says, you know what? Maybe for my game, we're seen as a pair. Maybe best for me to let Danny go here and I'm less of a threat. So that's what I'm just saying where we haven't seen a lot of Heidi yet, but I think she has the potential to see more of her 
where it's like she's always in a spot I feel like where she can impact I mean do you see what I'm saying in, in some ways like yeah, where she can impact yeah. the game with different decisions right right yeah. right, right. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that, right? Like, I, she she seems to be having like one or two more moves coming. I I, I think I, I understand. What you, like, she's in the center of everything. It almost seems like she's been in the center of several different moves. Like, she's not in the center of the edits, but like right. she, I feel like, is in the center of some different things that are happening. Which is why I'm being somewhat critical of Survivor here. Is like somebody who's, I would hope that somebody who's had that much of an impact on different votes would have, you know, we'd get to know her better, but. Not gonna, not gonna not not gonna complain about the editing today uh but anyway i want to get to the immunity challenge uh where we had a where we had the classic rice dilemma look i don't know why i don't know why uh survivor thinks this is so interesting personally I would rather just ha- see everybody compete in immunity challenge. How about that for how about that for a, a concept? But uh, classic, uh, you know, you could give up your rice. Yeah, you could give up your spot at immunity for rice for the tribe. They need to get four. Um, I really thought they weren't going to do it. I was like, yes. I was like, this is the season that breaks it. This is the season that says no. We're all competing, and it's so funny because like Danny was that person. He was me in the game. He was like, I can never imagine myself giving up my spot in immunity for rice. And obviously Danny needed to compete for several reasons this episode, but like, yeah. uh, you know, he's like, I, I can't imagine myself. I told myself I would never do it. And yeah, I'm not doing it. And the fact that he was trying to convince everybody to be like, yes, we're going to be the season that said that, you know, doesn't back down and says, Nope, we're not doing it. I thought that was unbelievably funny because I'm literally sitting there from, you know, my bed watching the episode and I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. I want to see everybody compete. So I, I thought that that part of it was funny, but yeah, I I'm not, I've never been a fan of the rice thing and I will continue, I will continue to not be, but I, I just wanted to highlight uh, Danny um, kind of echoing my, my thoughts in the middle of the episode. You felt so validated that Danny yeah. was, was, yeah. was the voice of Dylan on the show. Right. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, look, it was, it was, the rice negotiation has kind of run its course. I think people are kind of tired of it. I think Jeff loves it. And I feel like Jeff, not to sound critical, I feel like Jeff has kind of lost the plots. He's kind of out of tune of what the fans or the core fans want to see from the show. It was fun and interesting in Cambodia when they were extremely low on rice and they did the negotiation there. It was really fun to see Angelina do the negotiation, David versus Goliath. And then when Jeff wanted to try it in 41, fine. Like with the new era, Dylan, seeing the same thing four times in a row, you get kind of the, – the taste gets kind of stale. I feel like we don't need it anymore. Danny's completely right. I feel like why do we need to see this? Um, also, strategically, I know people have to sit out, but it is way better for your game if you compete. Because not only do you get to compete for immunity, if people sit out, your odds of winning get dramatically better – and you get more food and you didn't have to sit out. So it makes no sense to sit out unless you look at that challenge. Like, for example, I have very bad balance. I know I'm not going to win that challenge anyway. So if you know you're not going to win, fine. But like all other instances, you should be competing. What I want to see, if Jeff wants to see like a negotiation or he wants to see something interesting with food, just bring back what they used to do. Here's a black rock. Here's a white rock. If you want to play, show me the black rock. If you want to sit and you want to eat, show me the white rock and just do that because then we get situations. You want fun TV. We get a situation where somebody gives up their shot at immunity because I don't need immunity tonight. I'm safe. And they go home like the classic, uh, 
John Fincher and Samoa where he's like, I'm not going to get voted out because I didn't give people apple pie and then he gets voted out. So it's like, that gives us plenty of good moments, Jeff. We don't need to do a negotiation. Just do the classic eat or compete. That's all we need. Yeah. And I, I think the other part of it, that it was that was a kind of classic challenge we've seen that quite a few times or at least a variation of it yeah mm-hmm. at least a variation of it and it was pouring rain i was like yes i was like this is what we want to see in challenges torrential rain balance challenge and then like half the people left are sitting out i'm like oh come on i'm pr- i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure dylan when it was just franny and Danny left. I think Jeff's like, we just passed the five or 10 minute mark. I'm like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, ba- based on, well, based on the people that sat out, I, I know it's it's written down here. Carson sits out, Lauren sits out, Kane sits out, and Heidi sits out. I mean, I don't know how any of them would have done in this, but based on who was competing, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody watching it was like, well, it's going to be Danny versus Franny because those have been the two challenged, you know, challenge beasts this season. Um, but yeah. Just in, you know, I, I like that challenge a lot. And the fact that it was in, in the rain made it cooler. It was just like, I would rather not see only five people do it, you know, at the final nine. I guess what I just don't understand, honestly, and, and granted that this is Jeff's whole thing now in the new era, you have to earn it. It's got to be super hard. You have to earn your, your food. Nothing comes given to you. I just feel like what does the show get out of it by not giving people food? Like, I, I feel like Jeff thinks that we want to see people overcome ever since edge of exchange ever ever since edge of extinction i think jeff thinks the audience wants to see you have to go to your deepest level you have to fight you have to see what you're really made of but we just want to see the complex relationships the game the strategy the people interacting the social bonds we just want to see that because dylan i guarantee you if people had even with the rain if people had like food in their bellies this could have maybe lasted like an hour we're no longer going to have the challenges where poverty goes five hours like or where Christian Hubicki goes six hours, we're never going to get those ever again because people are so depleted that these endurances are lasting 30 minutes at most. Like even the Australian Survivor Final Four Challenge endurance lasted five and a half hours. Like we're no longer going to get these moments because people have no strength to go more than 30 minutes in an endurance despite the rain. And and let's keep in mind that when you're having – three vote outs in three days you don't have time to do five or six hour challenges Mm -hmm. so it's like i mean again we could we could do a whole postseason podcast on like things that need to change or things that need to go back and in my opinion this should be on the list because the challenge like and i don't know maybe maybe it was just a better challenge cast i really enjoyed the challenges last season um i don't know i i'm trying to think like if we've had any repeat we kind of had the repeat with the the uh net the spider net thing that kind of yeah that was a repeat one but it was like different at the end but the the, that in my opinion was the best challenge because it was like you know a while of people standing on the perch at the end and in last season it was gabler you know really really like setting the record for most uh most minutes holding up whatever that was so it's like those in my opinion are like the best challenges. And I, I hope that we get back to longer challenges eventually, because like, I, I love seeing, I don't want to see a five to 10 minute challenge, you know? So yeah, the only, the only I, I always, as a kid, when I used to watch survivors as a kid, I always used to get excited when they would show like the elapsed time on the bottom yeah. mm-hmm. and it would be like three hours. And I'm like, how could you stand up there for three hours? I can't even fathom that. So like, you know, I, I, I would love to get back to that, you know, but you're right. Cause it, I, as a kid, I was always impressed 
because I'm like, they're doing this for three hours on no sleep and no food. I'm on sleep and food and I couldn't do that for 20 minutes. So it's like, I was always very impressed. Now, granted, like you said, we do have exceptions. Like obviously last season, Owen and uh, Carlo went two and a half hours or whatever in the water with the tide. Granted, that's a little bit different than being, you know, out there in the blazing sun or whatever. But I mean, I think people would want to see that. I mean, if Jeff wants to see us react to people going beyond their limits, give them food and have them go five hours just by holding their hand above their head. Like that's, that's, that's always fun to watch. Um, the last thing I'll say about the negotiation, Dylan, was that it was so funny to me how Danny not, not only was Danny like, we got to compete guys. Wasn't Lauren also saying, guys, we have to compete. And then she was the second person to say, I'll, I'll sit out for, for the, for the rice. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, my, my brother brought up a good point. He said that Heidi was the one like talking to Jeff, like, Oh, I don't know if we're going to get to four to sit out. And then like, she was like asking people to sit out, but she wasn't sitting out and it took her all the way till the end to, to, for her to volunteer. So I thought that was kind of interesting. She was like trying to get other people to sit out, but she didn't want to sit out until they only had three. So I thought that was just another interesting. Aspect it's also not a, nego- it's a, a negotiation by definition, by the way, is where two sides have their numbers or their, their goals in mind. And then Obviously, there's different forms of negotiation, but the most basic one is you meet in the middle or you come to a agreement that benefits both parties. It's not negotiation if Jeff says, I want four to sit out, and then you have to meet that number. That's not negotiation. You're just meeting Jeff's demands. If if you really want to negotiate, you say to Jeff, we're not going to sit out four, but we'll sit out three. And then you go from there. Or you, you know production wants people to sit out. You just do what Danny did and say, we're not going to sit out. And then maybe Jeff will say, fine, fine, fine. I'll, I'll take two. Like back in the day, and Angelina made a joke on Twitter. Angelina is like, if I was there, I would have gotten Jeff to have one person sit out, and that, and like that's it. Like, right, right. Yeah, you, you can't just give in to Jeff's demands. You got to make, make him work for it. Yes. Um. All right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to go over. Oh, I think that the most crazy thing about maybe this entire episode, and we we went through most of it, but one of the crazier things about this episode is that after the episode. Um, all we have left in the game is two idols. That's it, Carolyn and Heidi. There's no fake idols remaining. So all, no of, and I, I think I saw a tweet from Stephen Fishback. He said the most disappointing part of this episode was that Jamie's fake idol was played up so much, <sighs> all to just go out of the game by giving it to Kane because of fear of knowledge's power. I, I don't want to sound I mean. Preached, but, yeah. I preached on this podcast. I said. This is going to be unbelievable when she plays the fake idol, when she goes home because of it, and then now she's left in the game, no fake idol, and it just went out of the game without anybody even knowing it was fake. I don't want to be mean. Then what was the whole point of Jamie's edits? I don't want to to sound rude because I'm sure Jamie's was great. Her whole story for, for, you know, without having to get too much into the edit, the whole story for Jamie was I'm important I have an idol. I ha- I, I'm the most valuable person on this camp. The editors even gave her the massive troll job by, by giving her like the name. I'm, I have an idol. I'm good. And then they flash up fake idol. They, they played her so good there. And we were wait- and like you said, we were waiting for weeks now, Dylan, that she's going to play the fake idol on herself or on Lauren or Kane to save them. And then Jeff goes, this is not an idol and just throws it in the fire. It goes out with Kane in a whimper what was the whole point of this? Well, okay. Well, now that you bring it up that way, I actually do have a theory on why it could be, right? You said, what's the point of her edit? Well, 
maybe she is the delusional zero vote uh, third place finisher. Maybe, maybe that's her. And, and maybe she goes to, maybe she goes to final tribal and was like, I did this. I had an idol. I did this. I had an idol. And I'm trying to think, does anybody else, does anybody besides Matt know that that was a fake idol or no? Uh, unless it was off camera to our knowledge, only Matthew knew it was fake because he made it and he, and he told Carson it was real. So everyone in the game believes that it was real. Okay, so she can't even really get exposed unless people know. We don't know. She can't really even get exposed at Final Tribal for that. But like, and and and, and by the way, to, to, just to confirm this, uh, people ask Kane in his exit press, "When did you find out it was fake? Did you find out at Ponderosa with the jury?" And Kane was like, "I didn't know until like long after." So, only person that knew it was fake was Matthew. Okay, so yeah, I even even though she won't get exposed for that at Final Tribal, she could get exposed for the. You know, she like she, if she goes to final tribal and is like, I was important, I knew this, I did this, and then they're like, No, you didn't. Like, we didn't see it that way. Then I could just see her at it being like delusion. Um, Jay brings up a, a point here. He goes, Maybe Jamie's getting the Gabler at it. Maybe she's being made to look bad and not threatening, only for us to be shocked that she wins at the end. But it was completely different. It was I, I think her edit was completely different from Gabler's, right? Gabler's yeah. edit made made theoretical sense, and we were able to see him advancing himself in the game because of what his strategy, right? Whereas Jamie, her perceived strategy that she's telling us does not match what we're watching, right? Like, do you get what yeah. I mean? Like mm -hmm. Gabler's, as critical as I was about Gabler, um, as critical as several people were about Gabriel, uh, Gabler, his his strategy, like what his strategy was, was what he did, right? We saw his strategy. What he said, he was very, very self-aware. She is not self-aware from what we've seen. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, we we can't predict anything anymore. We've seen that from the last few seasons because I, I, we were on record. I was on record saying I didn't think Gabler could win. I we were texting each other last season. I don't. I didn't think I thought Gabler could win until the votes were being read at final tribal. So it's like I really can't predict anything anymore. I just feel like. The survivor never makes fun of their winners. I feel like even with Gabler, yes, he was putting the palm fronds on people. Yes, he, you know, and Ellie got into a fight, but he did have his inspirational moments with the veterans, you know, with him saying, I'm in hiding in plain sight. Like he was getting content where it's like, oh, you know, Gabler is not like the Jesse, but he's trying to do certain things. They didn't, they never like made fun of him. They were, they're really just hamming up Jamie here with the whole fake stuff. And Survivor never does that with their winners. So I will say, and, and people can do old takes exposed, freezing cold takes, whatever you want to do. Like, I don't see a world in which Jamie wins just because they don't want to make fun of their winner. And they didn't even do that to Gabler and Erica. They just didn't show Erica. But it's like, I, if I had to rank all eight people left, I can't see Jamie winning. Everybody else, you can maybe tell me a story. I'll say, even like Jamie, even, even like Lauren, I could say like, eh. uh, but like, Everyone else, you can maybe convince me a case, and I'll say maybe. I can't see a world in which Jamie wins. Yeah, I'll, well, I, I agree with you. We'll wait until like maybe next week, final seven to rank to rank our uh, yeah, yeah. the winners. But I would say that at this moment, um, I don't see a world where anybody outside the three Tikas or Franny wins. So I think those four are are the four to look to look for i would say that i mean we can go into it more next week like you said but i would say the three tikas franny i actually would say maybe even heidi fifth i feel like danny's starting to get more of like a 
not a villain at it, but I feel like Danny's starting to get more of a like a lighter villain edit in some ways. So I, I feel like I would say the three Tikas, Franny and Heidi are my top five. Then maybe Danny, then Lauren and then Jamie. Like, that's what I would say. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 It's like Danny's getting like the played too hard too early type thing. You know, that's kind of how I feel for him. Um, But you know, anything could change uh, in survivors. You never know, but let's get, let's Oh, 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 I was just gonna say the one last thing I'll say about um, the votes before we get back to, into the questions is because um, I saw people saying on Twitter, like, you know, did Ratsu do the right thing in terms of splitting the votes? Because last week with Brandon, they didn't split the votes. It kind of uh, bit them in the ass. And this week they split the vote and it didn't work. Um, I mean, they were going to be screwed either way because Tika was going to vote with Soka. But what Steven and Rob were saying on the know-it-alls was when you do a split vote and you're splitting with people that like, obviously Ratsu knows that they're locked in. If you're splitting with another alliance or people that you're not 100% sure about, the right way to do the splits is you put all your votes on the person you most want to go home. So in the, what they did was they said, girls, Carolyn, Jamie, Lauren, girls go on Heidi. And we saw Lauren voted twice with the extra votes. Sorry, Jamie did that extra votes. And then Lauren on Heidi for the three. And then we saw Kane vote for Danny because it was supposed to be Kane and the guys, Carson and Jam Jam. So that's how they did the split. It obviously fell apart. I feel like if they wanted it to work, even though it was never going to, the Ratus probably should have all put their votes on Danny and then the Tikas all go on uh, Heidi because I feel like in the, in the end, when you do a split vote, the person you most want to leave, that's who you put your core votes on, I feel like. but Yeah, and then... One other one other thing here. What do we do we figure out a reason why Franny voted for Jamie? I'm trying to think of theoretically why like it makes sense, like I guess I, I don't know. I don't know why it makes sense. I think because obviously I, I mean it wasn't it obviously was not to prevent okay. I I think okay, here's what it is. I think um given the fact that they're shot in the dark now. I think that people are just more like not conservative. Yeah. Kind of conservative with how they vote. So what I mean by that is let's just say Kane played uh, an idol. Okay. Uh, Let's say Heidi played an idol or a shot in the dark and was safe. Right. Or, or vice versa. Let's say Heidi played an idol. Kane played a shot in the dark. He was safe. Right. I think it's like, all right, well in case disaster happens um, and one of us gets a stray vote, let's tie it up and just throw one on Jamie. So it could be that I think what my, my actual theory, because I feel like Shot in the Dark wasn't the intention here only because Jamie wasn't one of, I mean, she really wasn't the target here because I think Franny knew that Kane was going to go home at this point no matter what. Uh, mm-hmm. My theory is they didn't know that Jamie gave Kane, exactly. I think it has to do with the idol. They don't know right. Jamie gave Kane the idol in his pocket and he went home with it. They don't know that at this point. They probably did this to say, okay, Kane's going to go home. Jamie still has her idol. What if we throw, and granted, it could just be like a hinky vote where she just threw a vote on Jamie to scare her. Maybe she puts the vote on Jamie because then if Jamie still had her idol next week, it kind of spooked her a little bit. That convinces Jamie people are starting to vote for me. I'll play my idol and they just vote for Lauren instead next week. So I think it really was just a little hinky vote to to spook uh, Jamie, I think. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that theory a lot. I think mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but let's get to questions. 
All right, let me take a look. Uh, all right, so we got from Jay here. He says, maybe a hint at Franny's winner edit, given the fact that she's the only one who seems to see that Tika is in the middle. So I would say that's for sure possible, and certainly one of the reasons why I think that me and you, Ryan, both have her as in the top four for potential winners. Um, I also think she could, you know, she could easily, it could be that, or it could be the Franny was right and Atika wins this season, but nobody will listen to Franny's plan. Well, I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say it's almost like Franny is starting to fall into the Carolyn camp of people not taking Carolyn seriously all season. Carolyn has the right reads. And she's like, why are we going to vote for King? King's not a threat. Like Car- Carolyn knows the game and she has the right awareness, but no one's giving her the time of day and listening to her. Maybe we're seeing Franny get into the same situation where Franny's having really good reads, but her allies and Danny don't you know don't want to see it the same way but franny has more you know she maybe franny's gonna get more recognition because she's winning challenges she's uh, maybe seen as more of a player than carolyn is she may get more respect so it we could be seeing a situation where it's two trains on two parallel tracks where it's like they're both not given the respect or they're both not being listened to but franny actually gets the respect in the end when carolyn doesn't so that could be right. what's happening here i do think franny had the right read even though you want to break up ratu you can't ignore Tika as the most dangerous middle here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a pretty good point. Um, all right. Let's see. What else do we got here? Um, hmm. All right. So Nate 9 dash, not, not Nate 9 and 9 here. He says, Heidi choosing who makes fire. I don't know if she has proven to be that great in challenges. I don't know if there is real evidence that she could win uh, final immunity. I think what he was saying is that, um, you know, not not like a complete question, but like kind of a question is that basically in the comments here, for those who aren't watching live or who aren't replaying the comments after and are just listening, um, there was a conversation or a live chat about maybe Heidi being the key decision maker um in several instances means that she's the one who has to choose at the end who makes fire um i i'm okay with i'm okay with that theory i think i feel like though at least in the new era these last few seasons i feel like that every season there's been somebody who has been like been part of a key decision and we're like hmm like they're gonna be the person that chooses to make fire and it's always like oh well we thought but like i don't i don't think so so i don't know it's an interesting theory yeah, I mean, I feel like we can't count anybody out. It's like, obviously, we see all the time that people sometimes don't win a challenge the whole season, and then they win in the end. Obviously, you know, you, you think of Jeremy, but, you know, Jeremy wasn't trying that hard. Or you think of Romeo in 42, where Romeo didn't win a single thing, and then he wins in the end and takes Marianne. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, Heidi can easily win. I think Heidi, someone who does, I think, uh, Peloton or CrossFit, he- Heidi is – you know, pretty athletic. So she could easily could win a challenge. The last few seasons in the new era, the final immunity challenge is either Samotion or it's the one where you move the uh, the the little dishes over the track. So it's not endurance. It's not physical. It's more like a mental type of focus challenge in the end. And Heidi, engineer, Heidi definitely, I think, has the focus and the mental fortitude to do it. So it would not shock me with Nate's theory, Dylan, that you're right. Heidi could, if her whole thing back to Claire has been I have a decision to make and that's my story is I'm always in a spot where I'm making decisions. She could be in this final four decision-making seat possibly. 
Yeah, and I missed that that was in response right here to Jay's comment. Yeah. He said, that's mm-hmm. why I think Heidi will have to choose who makes Fire Final Four. The edit keeps focusing on her strategic on her on her making strategic choices in awesome. a way that other people don't get. Um, and then one question we got here um, from Jay also. By the way, why did the vote randomly switch onto Heidi at Tribal when her name was barely even brought up throughout the episode? So I think the only reason why Heidi's name got brought up was because Ratu's plan again was to split the vote. So if Ratu got their way, it would have been three votes on Heidi, three votes on Danny, and then three votes, I guess, on Kane. And then Tika and Ratu would have come together and voted out Danny on the revotes. That's what they wanted to happen. So Heidi got three votes as part of the split, even though they wanted Danny to go home because Danny was Ratu's target. That's why that happened. Yep. Perfect. Um, and then one last question here. Final eight in the new era has been a big blindside round. So who do you think will get blindsided big time next week? You have any predictions, Ryan? Yeah, I think you were right at the start of the podcast. I feel like now that we've lost a couple of Ratsus in a row and Brandon and Kane, they don't have their extra vote anymore. They don't even have an idol unless they find a new one. I feel like Lauren and Jamie have kind of been uh, de- declawed a bit and they're, I think, way less threatening now. Um, so I would say Danny is in a really bad spot because he's, he's a physical threat. He's safe for Annie with an idol. He's being seen as a major player in the game. And if he doesn't win immunity, I think he could be in big trouble next week. If it's not Danny, I could see it being maybe Heidi to weaken Danny. I think Franny's okay, but it would not surprise me that now that Tika has been kind of exposed a little bit by Franny, it would not surprise me if it's one of the Tika's I'll say, if it's not Danny, I could see it being one of the Tikas, maybe like a jam, jam, possibly. Yeah, so, okay. So, speaking of Final Eight, New Era, so I'm trying to think. Last season, who was the eight? That, that, that was Noelle. Now, obviously, Noelle is a bit of a different case because she had a really big story as well. Right. Uh, but it was Noelle. And then? High. Oh, that okay, that was a big vote, And right? then it was Shan. So, eight, eight, eight is usually eight a very, big. in the New Era, it's a very big spot for people to go out here. Yeah, so... That being said, I think my first choice to go next week is probably Danny, right? Because I think that ultimately, like, this is a spot where if you're going to keep the three Tika intact, right? The move is to, is to, is to move right to Ratu and work with them too, and then vote one of the Soka. Like, that is the way that they're going to stay in next week. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it just depends if Ratu wants to do that and vote out of Soka, or if Ratu says, you know what? Maybe now is a good time to get rid of the Tika. I see what Franny's saying. So I'm going to say Danny is my favorite to go out as of next week with Jam Jam being my second potential uh, vote out. So I think a big, I think regardless, a big name will go home next week. The only question that we have to just figure out, and I'm sure we'll, we'll know this really early on into the episode next week, is what... What does Ratu decide to do? Because I feel like, you know, they're not going to, I don't think Tika and Soka are going to continue working together now that they've kind of been in the middle to, to that point. I feel like it's going to come down to, does Tika go to Ratu and say, all right, we took two of your guys out. We're sorry, but we can't let Danny and Heidi and Franny go any farther. They're a really dangerous physical trio. They got to go. Or... Do we see Soka go to Ratu and say, look, can we stop the war? Tika's just going to go to the end if we let them keep sliding. They have to get out now. 
it, so Ratu might be the Kingmakers next week. Um, we could also see a situation where Ratu throws Tika under the bus, where Tika says to Ratu, okay, we vote, we voted out Brandon and um, Kane. We promise we're going to go vote out Danny. They run back to uh, Lauren and Jamie, run back to Danny and say, you know what Carson just said to us? That you should go out, Danny. And then they flip on Carson and Jam Jam. So I do feel like it's going to really depend on maybe what Jamie and Lauren want to do. I feel like it's Tika or Soka. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. And we will, on that note, we will wrap up and we will be back next week at some point. Uh, we'll have to figure out when that is. Maybe Thursday. We'll have to see. Um, you know, to recap episode 10. Um, thank you to everybody who's watching live here, even though we were, you know, in the middle of a Saturday. Um, thank you to all. Uh, reminder, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the channel. Like this video. Really help us out. And that's all we got for today. See you guys yeah. next week. See you next week. Grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.